patriarchal religion has had a really strong role to play in that, like control through guilt and fear. And we need to go back to love and beauty as the values that come from God instead of seeing God as this like punishing man in the sky. You're listening to The Boundless Heart, the podcast empowering women into shameless self-respect, independence, and equal partnership. Today, my guest, Alia Hussein, is talking to us about how deeply ingrained the patriarchy is from a Muslim woman's perspective. It is insane to me how exactly similar Muslim culture is to Christian culture, that the same things happened. Her stance is that we do need to work on ourselves to overcome these limiting patterns that have been deeply embedded within us. However, we also need to look at the bigger picture and start talking about the real problem. Because women are not the actual problem. (laughs) We can work within ourselves to fix our own issues. And we need to start talking about the fact that women have been oppressed for thousands of years. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. What I'd love for you to take from it is to find yourself a mentor, a coach, and or a sisterhood circle that you can work with to overcome your own limiting patterns. Because if you have the ability to do this inner work, others don't. And as long as our sisters are screaming, it is up to us to start to use our voices and make different choices. We rise together. Here's Alia Hussein from We Rise UK. Alia, what do you see as a really common reason that women feel less than, if that makes sense, or like they're not equal? Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to one word, doesn't it? The patriarchy. (laughs) But Well, actually, I I would like to say in the case of Muslim women, it isn't just the one word. I know when we talk about women's empowerment, we do focus a lot on gender inequality and patriarchy and misogyny and the structures of inequality that have kept women disempowered for, you know, thousands of years. But actually, for Muslim women and women of colour, it's not just the patriarchy that they're up against. There are other structures of oppression and hierarchies of power that exist. So, you know, I'm talking about (laughs) racism, global capitalism, imperialism. All of these things keep women and women of colour and poorer women disempowered. So it's really taking an intersectional approach to understanding why women are feeling disempowered in their lives. And it's not just all about inner work. As much as I believe that we cannot get to a state of equality and empowerment without doing the inner work, we must go within. Personal development, spiritual growth, self-help, all of these things are incredibly important and we must do that in order to reclaim ourselves. But there is also the piece about the external structures of oppression. And I think that is, I believe, what is missing from a lot of the discourse and the common conversations that you hear around women's empowerment and personal development. That's all about your own limiting beliefs. It's your thoughts, right? It's, 
you know, how how can we change what's going on in our heads to change how we feel and just stand up for yourself and be more confident and assert yourself and lean in and all of this kind of thing. Whereas actually what we need to be talking about as well as all of that is why are women disempowered in the first place? What happened to make women lose their power, right? So we have to go back and look at the history and contextualize women's oppression within the wider historical and cultural context and really understand what power is and how power plays into our experiences of life as women or as women of color that you know are different to to men's experiences it's the internal and the external so much came up for me there i'm going to talk about one thing really quickly i heard this on metaphysical milkshake which is another podcast and it's with very famous people. Well, Dwight Trute from The Office. I mean, that's his character. <laughs> Rain Wilson and Reza Aslan. I only listened to one episode and at the kind of near the end of it, Reza said that he felt like what gave him his confidence and empowerment was that he always felt like he knew what he wanted growing up and said that he has some, he has, I think he has two sisters. And he said that that was the only difference because he said he and his sisters experienced the same things growing up. And I'm just like, okay, no, they didn't. <laughs> because <laughs> if a woman knows what, she, if a girl, if a girl knows what she wants and she has these dreams and aspirations, how often are those supported by the people around her? And how often are those? shut completely down and she's told no that's not you can't do that you're a girl or that's not what a good woman does or she just looks out and doesn't see any role models because that's not what a good woman is and I just wanted to call him up and just say you did not have the same experiences as your sisters exactly it's it's impossible that I'm surprised, actually, because I'm a massive fan of, of Rosa Sloan. But I guess, I mean, everyone, to some degree, isn't aware of their own privilege. And I think that's what is a really important part of doing the work of feminism, is every woman and man has to do their part in realising, you know, where they have advantage, where they have privilege, where they have more preferential experiences and encounters in life compared to someone who is less able than them or of a different gender or of a um, different race. It's it, These things do impact us and it has a huge effect on our ability to advocate for ourselves, on our levels of self-belief, on you know the skills that we may not have been given because it wasn't thought as important to give a woman those skills. And we do go through this process of being programmed by society, by our families, by religion, as to, as you said, what a good woman is. And we abandon ourselves in that process. We forget who we really are. And we just start living according to this imprint of what is expected of us, rather than our own internal blueprint. And that's what I really feel like women are crying out for. They they want to know who they really are, so that they can live a more authentic life in alignment with the truest version of themselves. 
which they just haven't been given permission to be in life up until that point. Right. But more and more women are waking up now to that and, and, and really reaching out. Right. And that's a really good point about not having been given permission, but also literally not knowing how to find one's trueness, one's true self, because we become so lost in giving to everyone else, into doing the things that we're quote unquote supposed to be doing. And I know also, I'll just put this out there, that it's not only women that are affected in this way. Here's the thing about the patriarchy. It looks like it's really good for white men and about no one else. It's really not good for anybody. Because when there's an imbalance, everyone is in imbalance. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Patriarchy hurts men too. And there's so many men who are living up to this ideal of what a man is that is so influenced by toxic masculinity rather than what what healthy masculinity looks like. And there are men who have abandoned themselves as well and who haven't embraced the feminine in them or the healthy masculine in them, just as women haven't embraced the healthy masculine and feminine in themselves. And I'm not talking about men and women genders here. I'm talking about the energies of masculine and feminine that exist within all human beings and that we need to find that balance again because it has just gone so out of whack for the last few thousand years that have just been dominated by the masculine and has warped into this extremely toxic version of the masculine. It's not to say that masculine attributes need to be chucked away. Like we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's just finding the healthy versions of what those two polarities look like. I can't agree with you more either. It's, It's so wonderful to see that healthy masculine in a man, woman, trans, whoever. It's just as, I like to say this because I'm influenced a little bit by Mama Gina and she did the School of Womanly Arts and really helped women get into their pleasure because we're also very cut off from our pleasure, which is when a woman is in her strength and in her true radiance, she is in pleasure. And that's all pleasure. It's not just sexual pleasure. It's enjoying every aspect of life, eating something and tasting it with her full body, smelling a flower, and it's a full body experience, right? That's when a woman is giving more than any other time in her life and in any way is when she's in her pleasure. So I say that it's such a, it's a turn on because I want to be turned on all the time, meaning that I'm in enjoyment of what I'm witnessing, experiencing, living at the time. And that balance of masculine and feminine, that true masculine and true feminine in their empowerment, to me, that's such a turn on to see anybody in their full power and radiance. Yeah, absolutely. I think women in particular have really been cut off from pleasure and joy. And actually, that's what I bring out of women is finding out what does bring them joy and how to access that in their daily lives because we have been conditioned to think you know I mean even things like the phrase guilty pleasure right 
Like <laughs> seriously, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you know, we should always somehow feel guilty or punish ourselves when we're really happy or enjoying ourselves. It's like we're questioning ourselves, thinking, "Oh, I'm going to have to pay for this afterwards," or you know, like even things like when people do diets and their own sins and then they have to work it off afterwards and all of this it's like can't you just enjoy it like enjoy life eat the cake you know (laughs) yes yes (laughs) but there's a whole like layer of guilt that we need to work through and release yes women have been guilted and not just women men as well and patriarchal religion has had a really strong role to play in that like guilt and it's been control through guilt and fear and we need to go back to love and beauty as the values that come from God instead of seeing God as this like punishing man in the sky (laughs) that is (laughs) you know is coming back to a universal understanding of whether you see you know believe in god or the universe or energy or whatever but understanding that we have been controlled and that guilt and fear have been projected on us to such a degree that we have lost ourselves we don't know how to enjoy life anymore and actually that is the point of life we are here to enjoy life we are not here just to suffer and endure life and then you know we'll get some reward at the end of it that's my approach and I believe that that's really powerful like once we make that shift in our thinking it just opens up worlds can you imagine if people were happy instead of scared all the time (laughs) what a different world this would be Mm. If only. <laughs> well, we get there. We will get there eventually. I mean, the shift is happening. I think more and more exactly. people are. Yeah, we're waking up to that. Um, and people are realizing they first you have to realize that you're living in fear. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think a lot of people still don't realize that their motivations for a lot of what they do is fear rather than love. That is so true. I want to get into a little bit about how you work with women. You talked about reclaiming yourself. And you also talked about the fact that you need to work through a lot of this guilt and shed those layers of guilt. How do you? (laughs) Let's start with the guilt aspect. I feel so critical to start with the body because we are so disengaged from our bodies that how can we really know anything? The mind thinks, I always say this, the mind thinks, the heart feels, the soul knows, or you could say the body knows. Exactly, exactly. So for me, I say the body knows, um, because I feel like the soul resides in all of those areas. Yeah. The soul, the, the mind, the heart, and the body are, all make up the soul. Like, the soul is not separate to the body. Yeah, ooh, see, that's, mm, that's a turn on right there. That's juicy. <laughs> <laughs> so what I begin with really is the we work on the mind as well so yeah it is about those limiting beliefs etc but what I really focus on with Muslim women in particular is understanding the way that we were programmed in the first place so going back to the history of the evolution of Islam and scholarly knowledge around women's role in society, the status of women, and really coming to terms with the fact that this was done on purpose. Just like we understand 
the patriarchy didn't just appear out of nowhere. <laughs> it's not a natural way of existence, right? It, it was done on purpose. It was done for some people by some people, right? Namely, white male elites. And the same thing happened with the Islamic scholarship, similar to what happened with Christianity in the beginning, where the canons and the gospels were actually written hundreds of years after the death of Jesus Christ, and they wrote the feminine out. Yep. (laughs) And the same thing happened with Islam. So there's a whole body of scholarly knowledge that has been emerging for the last couple of decades, since the 1980s in particular, called Islamic feminism. And I have been on a deep dive with Islamic feminism for the past 10 years through my postgrad studies. And honestly, it just blew my mind. When I started to find out how so much of the jurisdiction and the legal structures and codes that govern societal relations between men and women. So, for example, you know, in divorce, in inheritance matters, in polygamy, men and women's roles in marriage, all these kind of things, how they came to be so and actually how it was manipulated and created by a male elite who cherry-picked from the sacred text in order to create a version of religion that served them, that upheld their status as the leaders and controllers of, of women. And it was actually far different to what you know Islamic feminists say was the intention of the sacred text and the life of the prophet, peace be upon him, which, you know, similar to the life of Jesus Christ, was the way of love. <laughs> it was about bringing justice, bringing equality, and it was a heart-led life. And actually, what happened <laughs> was the opposite. Islamic feminism has uncovered those truths, and it's a knowledge project that is ongoing. And I'm just so excited to be part of it. And I want to bring women on board because a lot of the language and the the text and analysis is quite academic in nature. (laughs) And it's not really accessible to all women from all walks of life. So I kind of feel it's part of my mission to bring that knowledge to the masses, to everybody. Say, look, if you knew this, right, you would see things in a very different way. You would understand that your status and your role as a Muslim woman, is far greater and more liberated than you are being told. So that's the kind of like educate part, the working with the mind. And then we have the heart, center of human consciousness. So this is all about reconnecting (laughs) to your own intuition as a woman, like really getting to the soul of who you are and learning to trust yourself. Also, this piece very much centers around the return to love. Mm. So moving away from the shoulds and shouldn'ts and uh, this is forbidden and this is allowed, which we have a lot of in religion and sort of hellfire and brimstone and punishment and moving towards compassion and mercy and love. And I'll say love like 10 more times probably (laughs) because that's what it's all about, right? Um, So that's working with the the heart centre. And then we have the body, which is actually what we started talking about. And yeah, like that whole guilt piece is so much related to how women perceive themselves 
as female bodies and how the guilt of the, the sins of the world have basically been attributed to woman and her body. And similar, you know, in Christianity, you have the story of Eve, who basically we've been told is the reason for the fall of mankind because she tasted the forbidden fruit. Well, we don't have that story. We we don't have that story in the Quran, actually. It was very much both of them. <laughs> but even so, women are told... Adam ate the fruit, too. Uh, yeah, well, exactly, right? <laughs> Adam ate. So in the Quran, we don't blame Eve for, for all the evils of the world. And yet, if you look at the majority of Islam- traditional Islamic texts, there is a huge emphasis on the temptations of a woman's mm-hmm. body, which is why there is such a huge emphasis on modesty. And the onus of that is placed on the woman, not so much the man, that it's the woman that has to cover up as much as possible and be relegated to the private sphere. So the man has the public sphere, the woman has the domestic. Yeah. And this separation, this segregation is very much stemming from the fact that women's bodies do not belong in a public space because of the trouble in air quotes that they cause right and the interesting thing is and i (laughs) in in my own experience and in my life i have been with men who don't take accountability for themselves and their own emotions and their own temptations or what have you and it just seems like okay Women are amazing. They're beautiful. They're tempting. We're going to say that that's the problem and not actually teach the men how to take accountability for what they're feeling about this. Absolutely. And you see that everywhere. Like, even, for example, in the UK at this very moment, there's been a lot of media attention on several um, really horrible murders of women on the streets. Mm. And um, one of them was even done by a serving police officer who abducted and, and, and killed this innocent woman. And there have been protests and there's, there's sort of been platitudes from politicians. But so much of the advice that is coming out, even from the government, is around advising women how to be safe, right? Telling us yeah. to... Uh, you know, carry a rape alarm or don't go out at night or only go out in groups or let somebody know where you are and don't share your location on social media. And even and to the point where it's come to, because this woman was abducted by a serving police officer, the Home Secretary actually gave the advice to women that they should know the law and flag down a bus if they were being arrested by a police officer for a reason that they didn't think was fair. So rather than (laughs) saying, oh my God, there is a massive problem of male violence and of men abusing their power in order to commit violence against women, and maybe we should talk about that. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, the Prime Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, she actually did come out and say that. She was like, you know, can we stop putting the emphasis on women having to adjust their behaviour and talk about the actual problem, which is male violence. And it just links back to what we were talking about before, that like the conditioning that women go through around adjusting. We have to constantly adjust to other people's expectations, even when it comes to our own safety. Yeah. It's, it's, it's our problem. It's something that we must 
change within ourselves. And we get so many conflicting messages about that as well. So it's a really impossible situation for so many women. And um, it's got to the point now where we're like, no, we're, we're putting this back to you now. And it's it kind of interesting. I feel like it kind of links back to what we were talking about at the beginning around the internal and the external. It's like, yeah, that's fine. You need to do your inner work. You need to do what you can to heal or in this case to be safe. But then there is the external as well. Like the perpetrators also need to take some accountability and commit to making changes on their part. Otherwise, it's just another form of oppression, which is that the victim is the one that has to then carry the burden of making all those changes and freeing themselves. We could do a whole podcast on victim shaming. However, we're all basically living in that experience. So I'm not sure we need a podcast about it because we all know (laughs) exactly what it is. And that's why what you're doing, the work you're doing, and so many women all over and men are doing is so important. You mentioned we are in this shift. We absolutely are. And it's gonna be chaotic for a while. That's just the nature of change and transformation. I love Scotland, but it's mainly because my my mother's father has I I have a bit of Scottish in in me. So maybe that's why. And what she said is absolutely like thank you. Thank you for saying that. We need more people and I would argue that the world needs men to say that. Because traditionally oh, men listen to men. Most most men listen to men much more than they would listen to a woman, even in a place of power like that or a position of power like that. And that is happening as well. Everybody is in this together. We rise together. Yay. (laughs) I want to talk about reclaiming ourselves. You talked about getting back into our intuition. And Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing for me, at least in that, is that women have instincts and they are correct. We have these instincts If we follow those instincts, they will lead us to what is best for us. However, we are taught that we are not to listen to those instincts and we are to listen to whoever had the authority around us, whether it be religion. And by the way, when you spoke about Islam, it's basically the same as Christianity. That stuff all happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, not that different. Yeah, we have more in common than we have differences. Absolutely. When you are getting back into that intuition, getting back in touch with that instinct and reclaiming ourselves, because that's what I feel like reclaiming ourselves is. It's reclaiming that inner voice as our authority. What are some tools or even just one tool that you share with the women that you work with to help them get back into that trust of themselves? It's probably different for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Well, one of the ways that really helps women to reconnect with their own inner voice is through actually reclaiming their body's wisdom. So when we actually are embodied and we are more physically present with ourselves and we allow ourselves to feel our feelings, Mm. then slowly over time, we develop a dialogue with that inner voice. And one of the first things that I recommend when women do come to me 
and some of them would have been doing this already but then we just deepen the practice is seems like a really obvious one but meditating often muslim women are taught that meditating is either some sort of new age woo woo thing or it's related to the more eastern hindu traditions which is very different from the monotheistic way of practicing islam but actually i remind them that in our heritage meditation was a hugely important part of the prophet's lives all of the prophets not just prophet muhammad peace be upon him but for example just taking his life as an example before he received the revelation of the quran he used to go sometimes for very extended periods into this cave on this mountain and there he would commune with god and with nature and be in silence and solitude and that is actually where he received prophethood and the revelation and actually that is if you read the story about what happened to him you know it was a spiritual awakening and how he was overcome with what he was hearing and how he came and spoke to his wife at the time who supported him and she was a very very highly spiritual woman herself and she knew she recognized this for what it was even though the prophet himself thought he was losing his mind <laughs> because you know this and i think everyone who's kind of been through any kind of spiritual awakening or had any kind of spiritual experience has that moment of like oh my god what is happening right and obviously it doesn't mean that you're a prophet or anything <laughs> but <laughs> but just you know that it's a very human experience to to doubt yourself in that way but through that then you know you have that communication whether you want to call it god or whether you want to call it your inner voice or your higher self whatever it is but that is how we begin to access that and it is through silence and solitude and meditation and reflection and contemplation without that we cannot really reach that level of self-knowledge and it makes so much sense why we're taught that it's woo-woo or stupid or dangerous or it's not part of our religion and we shouldn't be doing it. There's that should word again. Because if we find our own power, <laughs> then they don't have it <laughs> over us. Exactly. And that's, that's really central to the work that I do with the women is taking back that self-authority. Like that's what sovereignty is about. That's why I love that word. It's about claiming your own divine authority, not taking knowledge, like knowledge with a capital K, as coming from those people who are wiser and better and more spiritually elevated than you. And you don't have to think about this stuff because other people have thought about it and they've figured it all out and they've interpreted everything and made the rules. And all you have to do as a commoner, is follow the rules. That's it. That's all you've got to do. Don't think about anything too deeply. Don't question. If something doesn't feel right, well, that's just your ego or that's some bad influence in your life. What you need to do is just follow the rules, do as you're told, and all will be well in the end. Yeah, I tried that. Right? Well, <laughs> Did actually, it work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, eventually you will need something yeah. more than that. And it doesn't bring you peace anymore. Absolutely. 
and that's what it's about it's about finding you know your peace and your personal power and as we know through like even Jesus's teachings is know thyself right like we have to know who we are in order to know God and it all begins with that reconnection with our own inner knowing which we all have and that we have been duped out of I cannot tell you how many times when I had questions growing up or even as an adult like right up until my early 30s when I was still trying really hard just to be a good Muslim woman and every time I had questions I would just get told oh you just think about things too much you know I do and it's bringing up for me right now how much women are told to suppress hot emotions and how those Mm. hot emotions that is specifically rage it's time Mm. to unleash that rage and it doesn't mean you have to go and be violent with other people but it you can be violent with pillow exactly be violent with pillow be violent (laughs) with your voice like like scream move your body let that rage out punch the air punch 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 the air like do what you need to do but allow that rage to move through because on the other side of that rage well it's probably grief <laughs> this is sort of a process like that releasing that energy will bring up whatever energy is causing it which is usually grief and sadness because that's natural yes but on the other side of that underneath that is true joy and pleasure yes and life yes but we have to we have to go through those dark emotions yep. as well first you yeah. have to go through the rage and quite often before the rage i found it was the confusion and the dis- disorientation yeah. and just this feeling of like i don't know if what i know is what i know anymore yes. <laughs> and the cognitive dissonance of like no that must be wrong yeah <laughs> i can't be wrong yeah <laughs> that exactly. must be wrong <laughs> but i don't feel like that's right i don't know yeah i get you and that feeling of loneliness often that comes i find that that is often the main emotion that women are carrying with them when they come to me they're like i feel like i'm all yeah. alone I think I'm the only one that thinks like this. I feel like I'm the only one having thoughts and doubts and I can't find anyone who thinks Mm. like me. And that's one of the huge parts of We Rise is creating that sisterhood and that solidarity and saying, actually, no, you're totally not alone. There are so many of us who are walking this path. There are so many of us who are waking up and and realizing, hang on, we've been lied to you. Hang on. This isn't what our religion is actually Mm -hmm. meant to be about. And actually, I can have my faith and be a feminist. Oh, yeah. Right? I can be completely committed to gender equality and still be a devout and spiritual Muslim. I don't have to choose. Right? Feminism is not a Western project. Oh, God, I hope not. (laughs) Feminism does not belong. You know, feminism does not belong to white women. Oh, no. Right? Absolutely not. (laughs) We We don't have to abandon our faith, our culture our traditions in order to somehow become liberated and empowered no we can have both we need to stay connected to our heritage and our lineage because that is actually a huge source of our power yes but it's just about uncovering the truth and yeah reclaiming a more egalitarian and holistic 
way of being a Muslim woman rather than this extremely rigid, hierarchical way of existing, which has been pushed on us. But yeah, going back to that rage bit, <laughs> I just digressed there a little bit. But yeah, so, you know, you have the loneliness and the confusion and everything. And then when you get that information, when you find out the level of the manipulation and when you see things clearly in terms of the inequality of men and women, when you realize how what you're experiencing as an individual is not just about you, it's about a much wider picture, right? It's about something that's been going on across the globe for thousands of years and how women have systematically been subjugated and forced to silence themselves, to separate themselves from each other, to live in a state of fear and guilt constantly, living in a state of trauma, actually, mm -hmm. because of the way that we know at all times we are in threat, right? Yeah. That when you realize that, it can bring up a lot of rage. You can become very angry. And I think that that's a natural and healthy part. Like, you can't, so much, so much good and so much change comes from the momentum that you get through the energy of anger. Yes. Anger, if it's properly channeled, it can be an amazing force for good. You know, righteous anger, as yeah. they say. There's a dark and a light side to it that if you become bitter and twisted and angry at the world and you kind of become consumed with your own victimhood, then that's an unhealthy anger. Then you're just carrying that around with you forever and nothing actually changes, either for yourself or for others. But if you can challenge that, that injustice that you see and use your voice and free yourself, like free your voice, basically, to speak up and speak out against the injustice that you see, then that can be incredibly liberating. But you can't do that bit <laughs> unless you've been through the darkness and the despair and the rage. A hundred percent. I'm visualizing the phoenix. Rather than letting mm. the flames consume you, they transform you and you fly. hundred percent. Is there anything that's kind of rising up within you right now that you feel like just wants to come out to share with women everywhere? Yeah, I feel like it's more important now than ever for women to come together with other women. I think there is a huge untapped source of power that sisterhood brings. And that's why it's no coincidence that women were separated from each other and taught to distrust each other, taught to see each other as competition why you see women stepping on the necks of other women in order to yeah. get up, right? Why there's jealousy. Women are not naturally like this. Not at right? all. And not at all. And that has not been my experience of women. Mm -mm. Like, <laughs> maybe it was in <laughs> high school, but, you know. <laughs> but that's, again, that's down to cultural conditioning. That's how for thousands of years the patriarchy has survived and become self-fulfilling because women uphold it and they do this through this kind of competition with each other. And unfortunately, that is another source of disempowerment for women. 
what I see a lot <laughs> is women saying to me, it's not the men in my life that are holding me back. It's other women. And that hurts like on another level, yep. right? I find that in some ways that's almost more painful than when the men are, yeah. are doing it. So my message that kind of wants to come out now is that we have to come together. And believe me, something magical happens when women get together in like safe spaces, in circles, in groups and workshops that are there to help empower each other. When you sit with other women who have been through similar experiences and you can feel that love and support under you, around you, it just creates this safety and a deep sense of acceptance and belonging. It's incredibly powerful. So I would just urge women everywhere to join a circle, join a women's group, <laughs> connect on that deeper level with other women. And the payback that you get is just amazing. And that is one of the single most important steps that you can take for your own empowerment. Can't agree with you more. Thank you so, so much for your light and for the work that you're doing in this world and for coming on to the Boundless Heart podcast. Wow, this was so amazing. Thank you so much, Alia. Thank you so much, Laura Christine. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Boundless Heart Podcast. If you want more information about We Rise UK, you can find that at We Rise UK on Instagram, also at we-rise.co.uk. Okay, sister, the thing that I want you to take away more than anything from this episode is that you are not alone. No matter what your religion is, you are not alone. Whatever part of the world you live in, whatever your culture is, you're not alone. Whatever thing you're going through, you're not the only one going through that thing. Get curious with yourself right now and ask, what would it be like? What would it be like to sit, even virtually, in a circle of sisters who are going through these things and who've been through these things and know what it's like to break the mold of quote-unquote, normal reality where women are codependent, people-pleasers, and always putting other people before themselves, not recognizing their own power because we are told that we don't have it, <laughs> which is hilarious because actually <clears throat> we have a lot of it. Would it serve me to sit in a circle of sisterhood like that? If the answer is yes, I invite you to join us for this upcoming Boundless Heart Inner Circle Gathering. That's what we do. We sit in sisterhood. We express our true power. It's incredible what happens when women share their wins and when women share things that they've been afraid to share in the past. The confidence is awesome. Guess what happens when you're confident? You might think that it's easier for you to do some things. And yeah, it is. You're right. But also, when you have that confidence in you, the whole world shows up differently around you and they treat you with more respect. Join us on December 12th, 2021. This month, it's $7. So try it out. Truly, try it out. Feel into that. Be honest with yourself. 
let yourself have that honesty with yourself. We'd love to see you there. It's such a fun group. And you know I'm all about fun and passion and pleasure. (laughs) So that's what it's going to be. That is the experience you're going to have. Boundlessheartpod.com slash inner circle. Cannot wait to see you there. Until next time, respect yourself shamelessly. Take compliments like a queen. And don't give up on your life. Your dreams get